Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Fertile, and Paul Leland. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And uh, before we break open the bread of life, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what Jesus wants us to see today? Absolutely. Let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of this day. We ask, Lord, that this day that we may draw closer to you, that we may be open to your promptings, that those of us in the studio may be open to your Holy Spirit to speak the words that you have prepared for us, that our work be your work. And we ask for all those listening, that hearts and minds would be open, again, to receive not what we have to say, but what you have to say, because we know you speak to each person individually, where they are, with what they need. So we ask for everyone to be open, to be available, to receive your love, your mercy, your wisdom, your guidance, and your inspiration. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son, and Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Paul, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure, Dave. Mark 1, 21 through 28. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were sharing that, Paul, I just stopped and wrote down the word Sunday because Jesus comes to the church every week on a Sunday, just as he did the synagogue then, to do what? To teach us. And so I always want to be able to be taught every day, but most importantly on a Sunday when when God, we give that time to him, we take that Sabbath break, when we put him above all of our work, all of our, all of our duties, and we give that day to him for our families, for the Lord, and for that time of just communing with the Lord. And I always want to be open to be taught because when I think I've got it and I know I'm lost. So throughout my day, teach me, Lord. And especially on a Sunday, let me go back to what we've always done on the Sabbath day. It's a commandment. Keep holy the Sabbath to give that day to you, to honor you, Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on that day, and then use that day as a time of family worship. Let's go back to those times so that we can be healed, so that we can learn and Jesus can teach us 
on the Sabbath. It's amazing because 10 of Jesus's miracles are all done on the Sabbath. And I thought, well, well, Jesus works on the Sabbath. And no, 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 no. But the Lord corrected me on that one. Jesus wants to heal us on the Sabbath day. If we give it to him, he wants to heal the wounds that we've incurred to us during the week. He wants to heal our, our hearts. He wants to restore us, renew us, and fill us with his very self so that we can then go forward and go out into the world, not I, but Christ in me. And, and are, are we pouring over the scriptures? You know, David, like you said, Jesus is the teacher, so you have taught and, and teaching here. So taught is, is actually listed twice. So are we just reading, like just surface reading? Like a, like a book, or are we diving in to truly get to know our Lord? Right? You know, the, we're made to know God, love God, and serve God. So, are we studying? Are we really going at this as a student, you know, ready to be discipled and taught and and molded? And that takes time. That takes time. It takes discipline. That takes intentionality. Not just a you know reading a passage here and there, opening up the Bible to see what you know, see what where your thumb falls. If you're just you know kind of taking a shot at, at at anything, but really systematically allowing ourselves to be taught and, and to be astonished. And I love the word to to be to be inspired to realize you know like you say it's not words on a page. We have communication from our Creator. We have communication from our Savior. That's that's pretty. That's that's a pretty big deal, you know. And I think that's uh, you know I, my take on this is that's kind of what the people were experiencing. Like it's just not reading words the way a scribe would read, but but when they're coming from the words, when they're coming from the mouth of Christ, do we read Scripture as though it's the language, it's the words of our Creator coming to us? And I think that creates that astonishment, you know. And if, if imagining Jesus speaking those words would have a different impact on us, you know. If, if Jesus stood before you and said go and sin no more. <laughs> it's a little bit more powerful when you just read it sometimes. But we forget. I think we disassociate mm-hmm. that, Rob. You're right on. So to be astonished. What do we learn in confirmation class? Wonder and awe. That's to it. never stop, you know, just being being astonished and in mm-hmm. amazement of what the, the gifts that we have. Jesus says, unless you become like one of these, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. What are one of these? Like children. What do children want to do? They always want to learn. They're inquisitive. They ask questions. They want to learn. Guess what? That's how we're called to go to God the Father, to be open to learn like little children, and then have that awe and that wonder, have that astonishment. You're right, not like the scribes. They got all the head knowledge, but it didn't make it to the heart. We had an opportunity last week to have Marty Rotella visit a couple schools that we go to on a regular basis. Uh, Marty's a dear friend and and part of the stewardship family, and uh, and he has a ministry called Spirit Power, and he does just a phenomenal job, Tom. You and I were, were with him, and... The audience was kindergarten through eighth grade, and as you know, as if any of you guys have experienced groups like that, the little kids are all in and just having a great time, and then you know the older ones are kind of staying back, too cool for you know for anything. And we had this moment where um, we said, "All right, get your prayer buddies." So the little kids are paired up with a prayer buddy, and it's one of the older kids. So the, you know, they were all sitting in grade, you know, in, in groups by grade. And then at that point, they all got up and the kindergartners were getting the eighth graders and the second graders are getting this, you know, seventh graders. And then they completely, remember time? Yeah, they completely, the older kids came out of their shell because they were hanging out with the little children, with the children who were uninhibited, not looking around, you know, seeing who's watching them do the hand motions or having fun. And it was phenomenal. It was a party party. 
for Jesus. I mean, they were dancing, they were doing a conga line there. And, and then when it got to the prayer time, they all sat down and they were still together as prayer buddies. And, and the kids, the little kids, I was just watching them. Their eyes were closed and their hands were folded. They're you know, just like, like squeezing their eyeballs shut, like really entering into it. And I think they were discipling their older prayer buddies yeah. uh, just through that just total inhibition, uh, their total lack of, um, you know, did I say that right? It was, yeah, yeah, lack yeah. of inhibition, yeah, yeah, being yeah. inhibited. Yeah, um, but it was beautiful. It was it was really cool. I think this this childlike faith picture that you just presented and that we're talking about here is is really important as we approach scripture because it's the difference between a check the box. Mm-hmm. mentality when we read the Bible and a am I am I going to this book to be fed for something that's going to transform my life mm-hmm. and then when we begin to look at at God's word through that lens of transformation how is this going to transform me that's where that wonder and that awe come in when we begin to see God doing that work in us and we can draw a direct relationship to how we are spending time reading the Bible. And the key to that, Paul, for me, is Jesus taught in parables, real-life situations, real-life stories. Well, guess what? He didn't stop. He's doing it with us each and every day. Yesterday, I had a situation where God revealed to me as I was inspecting invoices an error, and the error came up to over $4,000 a month of an error in, in equipment charge that I was billed. Well, I was given this truth, and what did I do? I reacted rather than responding correctly. So I went and I met with the people and I said, I'm right. I mean, I've got this and I've got that. And and they said, no, you're wrong. We have this and we have that. But I didn't have my documentation. And so the level of intensity rose (laughs) until I finally said, you know, the water's getting pretty hot. We were sitting outside in the cold. I said, in this room right now. And the guy says, yeah, from both sides. I said, well, let's, let's stop. Let's both get our paperwork, and we'll, we'll reconvene another date with the paperwork, because truth is truth, and we'll re- re-meet. So this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with the Father in my heart. I said, yeah, what was I to learn from that Father? And it was real plain and evident. I asked the question. He gave it to me. It was the way you presented the truth that hurt the heart. It was the way you presented the truth that hurt the heart. Go in and ask questions. Jesus always taught by asking questions. Have a humble heart and say, you know, here's what I came up with. Here's what I found. Help me and explain to me why there's this discrepancy of $4,000 a month. And that way, that humble, and the key is humble spirit that has, you know, gentleness and kindness with it diffuses all the walls and all the barriers. But instead, I went in cock of the walk. I <laughs> puffed my chest up. I got right on my side. I got truth. Well, they puffed their chest up. We've got truth. Well, at the end of the day, were, 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 were the numbers I had correct? Yes, God gave them to me. He showed them to me. I had that grateful heart for that. But I missed the next step. The next step is now, what do I do with it? How do I present this message of truth with love, not backing away from it, and allow it to be a discovery on their part, not an accusation mm-hmm. on mine? So it was really a humbling experience this morning. But see, each and every one of us are called to be taught by the Lord every day. Jesus teaches in parables, real-life stories, real-life situations. Don't be afraid to ask the Father, what do you want to teach me? And then, in the silence, the still, quiet voice, listen to the inspirations that you get. Inspiration means in spirit. 
that revealed to you what God wanted to teach you in that what looked like a confrontation in that uncomfortable moment because he wants that for your edification. Because imagine this, every word that proceeds from your mouth really needs to come from the heart of Christ living in you, with you, and through you. And to the extent that it doesn't, keep going back and getting purified. How? Getting into the word, reading the word, not just in your head, but then transforming it down into your heart and making those life changes. David, your your story represents how Scripture informs our daily walk, and here's what came to mind as you were talking. St. Paul tells us in Romans that as far as it is up to you, live at peace with all men. Well, that verse implies that there's times we're not living at peace with all men, and, and there's work that we have to do as as children of God, as believers, that we need to go make things right. Mm-hmm. We need to draw draw up short before the Lord and ask that question, mm-hmm. God, what are you teaching me here? Because we don't always get it right, and we aren't always going to get it right. But the obedience to Scripture as it informs our daily behavior is, I have to make a change. I have to make a repair. I have to back off. I have to settle down. There's There's ways that he teaches us through his word and then in obedience to that the holy you know we allow the spirit to do that change in us so yeah. thank you for that story and, and the key absolutely. i was going to no, say I, dave the key is you invited god oh absolutely mm-hmm. you you, yes. you know so god wanted to teach you and then you you invited him so jesus entered the synagogue so you always say you know, sometimes when you're getting ready in the morning in the bathroom right so jesus entered the bathroom that's that right. day because you invited him you that's invited right. him you say god what, what what happened there what do you want to teach me so that's that's a key because he's well, not going to barge in and say, "Yo, Dave, let me tell you what you what you could have done." Or do, but you you out of humility, you invited him. Yeah, and then what he continued on with is the biggest thing I need to do is apologize. And of course, me, I'm kicking back, saying, "Well, but, but I'm right." <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. Apologize because the way you presented that. So this morning when I met with the first of the three men, I apologize. I said, "I'm really sorry for the way I presented that to you yesterday. Please forgive me." And so that apology takes down the wounds. It's like a salve over the wounds, takes down the walls. It's beautiful. So I've got to apologize and then share the documentation and let the Lord resolve it. And it's so freeing. And as we grow, you know what? And that's why Jesus, when he says, if you want to be my disciple, all you got to do is say the words and I believe and you're good to go, right? Mm. No. (laughs) He said, if you want to be my disciple, it takes number one, first thing, deny yourself. Oh, boy. If anyone says that's easy, give it a try. (laughs) But it's deny yourself. Pick up your cross. We all have them. We battle addictions. We battle angers. We battle whatever. We all have a cross we carry. And what's the third thing to do? Follow him. And then there's a key word that comes after that. Daily. We're on a daily journey to grow, a daily journey of purification. We use the terminology purgation, to purge out of us what is not of God. You see, we're supposed to drink in the living water continually. Why? Because that living water then is meant to go through our bodies and purge from us anything that taints the image and likeness of Jesus Christ in us, in our actions, in our words. (laughs) Ha ha in our facial expressions. So, man, we're on a journey because you know what? It's about the salvation of souls. And so the more we get formed 
into the image and likeness of Christ, the more he can use us. And, and the end goal is the salvation of souls. Don't take, it's not money, it's not title, it's not stuff. We are called to be in our uniqueness, Christ in the world. We are called to bring others into that saving knowledge that they can be with Jesus Christ for all eternity. Don't take that Amen. lightly. Amen. And, you know, when we recognize that we are works in process, when we recognize that we're, we're, we're being purified and sanctified, and when we are open to those lessons and those teachings, you know, which, you know I, I kinda like, I'm kind of like Eeyore, you know, with, uh, <laughs> all right, God, what are you teaching me today, you know? But it's important that we, we, we embrace those, and I hear Monsignor Esif in my head, without beating ourselves up. That's right. We learn the lesson uh, graciously. We, we learn the lesson. We, we're open to the promptings. We're open to the change, but not with consistency condemning ourselves because Christ dwells within us. And so to condemn ourselves, we're condemning him. Again, I hear Monsignor Esif in my head. So it's to be open to the changings, open to the to the promptings, open to the learning, but realizing it's all part of a growth process, not in, in self-deprecating, not saying that I'm horrible and not. I'm a unique, incredibly loved creation of the Father, not something to be to be beat to be beat up. So I think it's important as we go on our spiritual journeys to accept our wrong our sinfulness, accept when we do wrong, accept that we all have areas of growth, but to be open to that that growth and that change without beating ourselves up for when we fail, because we're gonna fail. <laughs> well and I want to go one step further with because so many people are caught up and in the prison of self-condemnation. You know, multiple times the Lord will bring into my people into my life. One was a, a lady on a plane, you know, and she sit inside of me, you know, and, and and again, using the terminology, well, I'm gay. And and so boom, immediately I know I gotta go on point. And I said, Lord, give me the gift of the Holy Spirit to speak the words of truth. I said to her, May I help you? Oh, absolutely. I said, Let me look at this in a different light. You are a precious daughter of God the Father. You battle same sex attraction. People battle alcoholism, people battle, you know, drug addiction, people battle sexual addiction. You know what? You're in a battle. You battle same sex attraction. You're not gay. You're a precious daughter of God the Father. You're a precious son of God the Father. When people come to me and say, oh, I'm an alcoholic, oh, stop, 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 stop. You battle alcoholism. But when you say I'm an alcoholic, you've already labeled yourself. You're no longer labeling yourself of the correct title, your, your inheritance. You're a precious son or a precious daughter of God the Father. You battle sexual addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, you know, same-sex attraction, whatever it is. So helping people reclaim their identity in Christ with the Father as a precious son or a precious daughter is absolutely key to helping them be set free. Mm. And realizing that if they fall, okay. Through Jesus Christ, go to the Father, get get forgiveness, get repentance. And as Catholics, we know, my goodness gracious, given the gift of reconciliation, go to confession, confess your sins to one another, a priest who can't share what you tell him, <laughs> dump it all on him. He can take it. Why? Because he gives it all to the Lord. And the Lord has given him a gift to not retain that, but to truly give it to the Lord. And then through Jesus Christ and his relationship with the Father and what he did for us in the gift of his life, if we're truly contrite, we're forgiven. It's beautiful. You know, and again, David, you're reminding me of, of St. Paul's words in Romans and Ephesians and Colossians. 
he, he says numerous times in Scripture, you once were mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. You are now this in Christ. And the more we discover that identity in Christ, mm-hmm. that that removes the label. Does it remove the struggle? No, we all have our, in, in the flesh, we're going to struggle. But that's not the label. That's not who yes. we are. We we need to work to change the definition of our head, in, in our head of who the the world may tell us we are or family may tell us we are or Satan is telling us we are to who does Christ say that I am? What does the Bible say that I am now? I am That's in right. Christ. I am a new creation. The man in the scripture, you know, he, he who who was he? He was someone who was possessed by an unclean spirit. It wasn't who he was. That's it didn't right. define him. You know, his actions were horrible and what he did, but there was healing was possible because Jesus can overcome all these obstacles. It's not always easy. And, you know, because they're addictions and things, they're, they're real things. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them are, um, are more powerful than our God. Mm-hmm. And so, again, right. the man in the scripture, he's he, that's not who he was. He was affected by. He was struggling with. This is an extreme case, but again, it didn't define who he was. And in the end, he can have redemption and he can be healed because that's what Jesus says that he will do for us and can do for us. And one of the callings that we have with with stewardship is to help people restore their integrity when it's been affected by pornography as an individual, as a spouse, as a couple. And uh, one of our speakers that uh, does a lot of work with young people and they say, I'm struggling with or I'm battling. And they say, are you? That's, That's, if you are, that's awesome. Like, what do you mean? If you're struggling, that's great. Because, hmm. you know, what most people do is they just look at it and don't even think about it. So if you're struggling and battling with it, that's that's positive. Really? So that it really gives yes. them that sense of hope. Like, okay, it's not going to be an overnight quick fix. And if I'm identifying it, that it is a problem, you know, I'm de- I, I am a child of God. I'm a son of God with this particular situation going on. And I need to enter into the struggle. I need to enter, in, enter into the battle because the alternative is not to struggle at all and just and – just, participate in it without even thinking about it. So if you are truly struggling and if anybody's listening that's truly struggling mm-hmm. and battling, mm-hmm. but you're falling, but you're getting up and you're struggling, praise God. That's awesome. That's awesome. Keep keep struggling and keep going back to the Father. Rob, that that's a great point, Rob. You know, one thing that struck me as we read this passage was it says in their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He was part of that synagogue. Mm. And and oftentimes we think, if I'm a good Christian, if I'm a good Catholic, I have all this stuff figured out. Mm. I won't struggle. When the reality is, we do struggle, and we are struggling, and we need to come clean with that struggle as we struggle. And I love what you said. Are you wrestling? It's a good thing. That's what we're called to do. And so we have to recognize that we're not talking about out there and people of the world. We're talking about us within the body of Christ. Because there's so much shame, like especially if you've said yes to Jesus and you're, and you're trying to live your life you know, with him and, and for him and, 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 and you still are, are struggling with certain sin, um, the evil one can really mm-hmm. pick at that and... and you call yourself a Christian? You really try to throw out that bait of shame uh, where we say, well, I am bad. I am a loser. I'm an idiot. You know, that's all shame talk as opposed to, wow, that behavior there, that's, yeah, that's not, mm. that, doesn't, that doesn't honor God. Mm. Lord, please help me with that behavior. You know, so then you're separating you as a child of God and the behavior, and you're not saying, I am bad. I, right. you know? 
I mean, for me and, you know, my journey, my conversion 13 years ago, I mean, I was in the throes of addiction to pornography and, and I hated myself and nobody knew it. I, at that point in 2004, I didn't care if I lived or died. I absolutely loathed myself. I hated myself. But, you know, I thank the Lord that the Lord sent someone into my life to speak truth into my heart to help me be, to be set free. So don't be afraid. Ask God for the courage and ask permission to be able to share truth with love with people and help them reclaim their identity in Christ as that precious son and that precious daughter. And then as God teaches you, like for me, with pornography, everything I've ever looked at, everything I've ever seen or done, it's all in my mind. Now, the enemy will bring up the thought, but that's not a sin. Now, what I choose to do with that thought is my free will choice. Do I run the movie, run the film, run the clip, focus on it, or what God has given me, which I share with talks that I give everywhere, what God has given me is this tool. Stop, drop onto your knees, and pray for each and every individual in that scene. Ask for mercy for their souls. You don't need to know their name. God knows their name. He knows exactly who you're praying for. That sends the enemy away screaming, and the images stop coming. If they come at you in a barrage, no problem. Stop, drop, and pray, and it will end. And not only end, but you will be blessing those people in those images because those people are precious sons and precious daughters of God the Father. He created them out of love, for love. So you are helping the captives be set through free with your prayers. And that's, that's beautiful, David, because there's a lot of situations in my life, I don't know if anybody can, um, can relate to this, when you're, in a, when you're in a, whether it's a social situation or you're at a movie or you're at a comedy club and then it just goes raunchy. And it's like, oh, man, what do I do? Pray. Like right in that moment, Pray for the actors, pray for the actresses, pray for the directors, pray for the comedian, pray for the organizers, pray for the audience that's laughing and just kind of going right along with it. Just pray, not in, in spiritual pride, but just out of, like, just thinking of Jesus. Like, Jesus wept over Jerusalem, right? He weeps when we're in, in, engaged in things that, that aren't honoring him and, and each other. And if it's out of a heart of wanting to console, if our heart wants to console Jesus' heart and it's out of love for him and love for the people, then that's, that's beautiful. And that, that gives us something to do instead of just being locked up in that fear or that anxiety in that moment of being faced with, with you know, whatever sinful situation. Right. And you know what? If you do pray and that continues, reality is... Don't be obnoxious, but say, you know what? We need to leave. I did that in a movie. I took my kids to a movie. My son loves war movies. Go to this war movie. Within 10 minutes, I don't know how many times I heard a curse word. I said, we got to go. Well, that seed I planted, he'll never forget that his father, we stood up and we left and set an example for him, you know, you know, and my other, other children were with me to leave because we weren't going to be part and be part of what was happening. So God bless each and every one of you. Let's ask God to help us be Jesus in the world and bring others to that salvation in Christ. God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area, 
please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.